welcome back to Truck Tech, everyone. Um, regular viewers of the show know that we bounce around on trucking topics uh, pretty regularly, and it kind of keeps things interesting. One recurring subject, though, is the state of hydrogen and fuel cells. And though hydrogen has been around a long, long time, it has always been sort of that just out of reach technology. Now, that may be changing now that the federal government and some states, especially California, are practically shoveling money uh, to those who are willing to take the plunge either on fuel cell trucks or hydrogen infrastructure development. Um, our guest today is Hyzon Motors CEO Parker Meeks. Um, the Parker has spent his career involved in the energy space, although his CEO title at Hyzon is, uh, only became permanent recently. Um, we'll get an update on, on uh, Hyzon's plans for fuel cell heavy-duty fuel cell trucks uh, after these headlines. Colorado now has become the eighth state to follow California in the clean truck rule uh, arena. It took about two years longer than planned, but Colorado uh, is making good on a plan to follow the clean truck rule. There were 15 states in the District of Columbia that uh, signed on in 2020 to go the Golden State's way. And now that the Biden administration has granted waivers to California, to oppose stricter emissions regulations than the EPA, some of the other MOU states might not be far behind. Crowdfunded electric truck startup Atlas Motors. Remember these guys? They were the ones that uh, raised money through crowdsourcing. Um, they are rebranding themselves as NXU to focus on batteries and electric infrastructure. Atlas is still the corporate name, but the company sees better prospects by focusing on fast charging battery technology instead of the more expensive development of an electric chassis for off-road commercial use. Atlas may come back to trucks, but like so many in the transportation electrification space, the company is short on money and uh, hoped for $200 million investment uh, so far has not come through. Finally, uh, Toyota this week revealed its second-generation fuel cell stack aimed at heavy-duty trucks. The production will begin in Kentucky later this year, and it's a good bet the first taker will be Kenworth, which integrated Toyota's first-generation fuel cell trucks uh, into T680 Class 8 uh, models a couple of years ago. So uh, be on a lookout for an announcement uh, as soon as next week at the Advanced Clean, Tra uh, Clean Transportation Expo. So as the Toyota item suggests, action is advancing around the fuel cells for heavy-duty trucks. Let's welcome today's guest, Parker Meeks, the leader of Hyzon Motors, a spinoff of Singapore's fuel cell technologies. Hyzon, so, is not a precise definition of a startup because of that. Parker's career has been focused on energy. Prior to joining Hyzon, he worked in traditional energy, the decarbonization and energy transition, infrastructure, finance, and transportation. A lot of that was during 14 years at uh, McKinsey & Company. Parker, welcome to Truck Tech. Hey, Alan. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Hey. It's it's great to 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 have you and uh, let's start with McKinsey. You said something I thought was pretty funny. I dare you to repeat it. Yeah, I know. Look, McKinsey was a tremendous place to start my career. Uh, Thirteen plus years at McKinsey. It's about ninety dog years, uh, based on the pace and uh, and lifestyle at that firm. But a tremendous start to really train uh, new entrants to the workforce and over time for me to lead global practices in energy infrastructure and transportation. So. Well, and I, I guess, you know, really that, that, that question, it begs itself is that, you know, if you do that much time and you're, uh, you know, I still remember the old NPR thing about uh, consultancy being on the one hand, on the other hand, how did working there, you know, prepare you for running the high side business, which is, we'll discuss, is in a challenging field that has also been pretty slow to develop here in, uh, in North America. 
Absolutely. And when you look at the fundamentals of hydrogen today and fuel cell trucks and fuel cell technology, it's a technology that's ready, technology that works, a use case that has subsidy support behind it, that has customer support behind it. But companies like Hyzon need to scale. They need to scale efficiently, effectively with high quality. And my career at McKinsey was helping companies of all sizes, from large companies trying to create new businesses, put those businesses together with a strategy to execute and scale, to small privately owned or private equity owned companies that were looking to restructure themselves and grow. And actually, after I left McKinsey, I joined a firm called TRC, which is about a, uh, in total, about a billion revenue, uh, 6,000 person design and construction management firm. I led a major business for them, about a thousand people across the country. And that was a restructure and pivot for growth. So my training in energy and infrastructure in restructuring and strategic growth from McKinsey and onto my p leadership at TRC has prepared me well. Coming to Hyzon was a decision driven by my excitement for the technology, my excitement for the positioning of real fuel cell tech to drive use cases with trucking as the first one and an ecosystem like hydrogen, which again, is ready to grow with the right focus strategy. Okay, good segue, because my my first real question for you was around the momentum of hydrogen and fuel cells. Um, it, it, it does seem to be growing. Is this just incentives talking or is something more fundamental at play now? I think it really is a fundamental shift. And what you see today versus what you see in the industry even five years ago, you see the right environment coming together. You have subsidy that's only increased. Inflation Reduction Act, for instance, in the U.S., expanding subsidies in Europe, Germany, and other nations across across Europe. You've got customers that want to make a difference. You know, we you, we don't need 100 customers to start. We need the right 10 fleets uh, in each region that really want to make a difference and get going now. And you have technology that is ready. You know, our trucks have been on the road in trial in the U.S. since March 2022. People have seen the trucks we put into service with customers in uh, Europe. And those trucks do the work. It is an, a, a new use case in terms of trucking in a commercial application relatively speaking, but fuel cell technology has been around for a long, long time. So it's different because every element of the ecosystem is motivated. The funding is there, the use case is ready. And so I really do think incentives help, but they're just the tip of the iceberg to get us going, similar to how wind and solar got their start as that as that, as that technology scale. Sure. Now you're one of the few companies that's building a single fuel cell large enough and powerful enough for commercial trucks. And not that others aren't doing something similar, but they're doing it differently. Um, how does the Hyzon system differ from most of those that are nearing production, just like, you know, the fuel cell kit that Toyota announced this week? And I'm really excited, Alan, to talk about that and talk about that both today and at ACT next week. So what you're talking about, of course, is our 200 kilowatt single fuel cell system, which to get the same power output, most, if not all other companies are using two systems to get to two of the same power. And the benefits are quite simple. Single system has less balance of plant or component around it, which means less space, less volume to fit well in the application, lower cost. And as the system operates, it's easier to control to get to better fuel e, e efficiency. And Hyzon is able to accomplish this um, unique uh, feat of a, a single 200 kilowatt fuel cell system um, through our technology, through our um, membrane ele- electrode assembly or MEA, or bipolar plate design that produces a higher uh, volumetric power density, which essentially is more power in a smaller package. What's interesting to me, and and I worked in fuel cells at General Motors, and and of course, Paisod took over the old Honeyway Falls operation, and then you've added a facility in Chicago as well. Um, 
they weren't making fuel cells anywhere near that large because obviously it was passenger car and, and passenger vehicle right. focused uh, back in the day. And I think we're still waiting for that first GM fuel cell vehicle. Um, but what what are the advantages? You mentioned a couple of them in terms of cost. And uh, you said uh, talked about balance of plant, which is kind of an insider term, but it's basically everything that sort of attaches to the stacks, I guess. Um, so, so where are the advantages, uh, cost, maintenance, you know, what else are, what else makes the big fuel cell work well in this, in this, uh, space? Yeah. And, and you're right. You know, when I take the, uh, the insider terminology away, imagine you have two fuel cells in the engine compartment, right? Each one of those fuel cell stacks is going to have its own componentry around it. So you've got double the air presser, air, air compressors and coolant lines and everything else. And controlling those two fuel cells together, imagine a car had two engines, right? The software that controls the car or the truck has to calibrate those two engines and have them run in sync. So it's simplification of control, simplification of the fuel efficiency that goes through it. It's a big impact on space, a big impact on cost. And I do think additionally, when you look at maintenance over time, having a single system that's put together also has fewer components that could fail. You know, so all this adds up to a more reliable, uh, lower cost, lower weight as well, and um, better fitting solution. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the weight specifically, because when I talked to Chris Rovick at Toyota this week, I said, you know, kind of surprised you're still lashing together Toyota Mirai fuel cells to do this. He said, well, for right now, we're not far enough along. He said, third generation, you'll probably see a single, you know, kind of heavier, uh, you know, uh, a single a property. Um, but I think it's interesting that you are either the first or one of the first. I think there might be another one out there. Can't remember. But uh, for yeah. for right now, though, I'm sorry. I said, yeah, there. I mean, it is it is something that is is fairly unique. We, we will see others come, but um, in China, there are a couple that are trying to go this direction. Um, others have announced uh, in our in the in the Western world that they paused their 200 kilowatt program. So we're excited next week at ACT for people to come out and see the two, the 200 kilowatt uh, in in action. Yeah, I remember taking a picture when we were at the IIA in uh, September back in Germany when Volvo showed its, uh, uh, you know, the, the oh, Cellcentric, I believe is the name, of the joint venture it has with Daimler. And they, too, are showing two fuel cells working together rather than a single unit. So it will be interesting to see what kind of advantage this provides you, assuming you get some people to put in the trucks. You know, your experience, though, Parker, and Hyzon's experience is, is largely in other global regions that suggest, you know, these big trucks are really your target. I've seen some earlier shots of some, you know, 54, uh, you know, was it 54,000 uh, uh, kg uh, trucks and that sort of thing. Um, you've made most of your news outside North America. You've got a fuel cell electric truck operation with D.B. Schenker in Germany. You've got plans for a fleet of fuel cells uh, with an Australian uh, grocery retailer. Does does um do, why why then does the U.S. seem to trail in fuel cell development and more importantly execution? Yeah, so I think what you see in our strategy, our approach, is the maturity of the relative markets when Hyzon was created. Right when you go back to 2019, 2020, Europe was already funded with subsidy uh, customers that were ready to put trucks uh, to uh, work. Australia actually has been punching above its weight, even though they're behind in subsidy with customers ready to pay the premium. And the U.S., though, we have developed at the pace that it's been ready to develop. So even though we haven't made as much public noise in the U.S., we've been busy. So our first trial started in the U.S. in March of 2022 with TTSI and uh, Drayage. Those, that trial program has continued. We haven't announced as much about it 
we've continued to build experience here in the U.S. on the on the um, the conventional truck platform, both in the U.S. and north of the border in Canada. We built experience in hot weather in the LA Basin in the summer, and cold weather in Edmonton, Alberta in the winter, in wet weather in Houston, uh, my original hometown, in the the uh, the uh, rainy season. So the great news is, while we've been building experience and working with customers who want to get into the technology as funding's available, the funding environment's only got again with the Inflation Reduction Act coming on stream, with additional states signing up for the clean truck rule. With additional funding pockets expanding through the legacy Volkswagen funding pools and others, you, know, you can literally do thousands of trucks in the U.S. on subsidy today and get you know close to diesel parity, depending on the cost of of fuel. So the U.S. market is really prime, and it's one that was slower to start, but given all the advancements in legislation and subsidy availability and the great customer appetite that we see here, we do expect the U.S. to catch up uh, very very soon. Okay, this is an important question. Probably should have been my first question for you. Are you a truck maker or are you a fuel cell maker that supplies fuel cells to truck makers? Or is it both? The cop-out answer is a, a little bit of both, but the core of iZone is fuel cell tech. All right, so we are a fuel cell technology, fuel cell powertrain-led organization. We are doing trucks today because the truck is an application that's ready to go in a capital light model, right? We're third-party assemblers who assemble and outfit trucks from a range of technologies are partnering with us to assemble our trucks at scale. Montane Modification is one example in the U.S. who's our partner to assemble our trucks as we scale here. We have a third-party partner in Europe as well that we haven't announced yet, but that is going to be our assembly partner as we scale up there. So the core is the fuel cell technology. We've had to prototype the trucks and drive the transition and disrupt to make the the the, the market development go faster. Um, but uh, assembly, we're going to let others do. Fuel, we have partners to do that. We're going to keep optimizing and delivering the fuel cell in very tough, heavy-duty applications, starting with uh, trucks. Yeah, the other the other question r- related to that is, is how close are you still to your parent to fuel cell technologies in, in Singapore? I mean, you know, I think it goes back to 2003 and thousands of fuel cells that that, that operation has put out, mostly in Asia. Um, how close are you still to those guys? Yeah, so Horizon's still a supplier to us. Um, they're still a R&D development, joint development partner. So we still work with Horizon in a few different co- capacities. And they're an important supplier partner to us and one that we still certainly work with in, in various ways and uh, fashions. Horizon does stand on its own. You know, we're standing up our fuel cell manufacturing facility in Chicago and in Bolingbrook. Um, that's a prototyping stage today and, and ramping up well. Um, we have, uh, you know, our direct access to our markets in the U.S., Australia, and uh, Europe, bearing that forward, and we continue our collaboration in supply and in some joint development with uh, with Horizon. Okay, good. All right, so here's here's where it gets a little a little trickier. Um, I jokingly refer to it as a Bud- Budweiser hot seat that ESPN used to talk about, but you know, with most companies like yours at this stage, uh, Parker you know, there are financial questions, right? I mean, you know, you're facing a number of business challenges, including uh, an ongoing threat of delisting from the NASDAQ. Are you still working against the May 15th deadline to remain listed? So as we announced uh, publicly recently, um, we did, we were granted our, our stay from the NASDAQ through May 15th to get back to compliance. And we're working every day as hard as we can to to meet that uh, that May, 5th, May 15th date. 
And, and, you know, I mean, it is, it is one of those things that, uh, you know, we've seen in a, and again, you know, just have to talk about your cash. It seems pretty tight. Your market cap is a little under 200 million. Uh, share price today really doesn't matter, but it's less than a dollar. And that's another thing that is sort of a trigger for the NASDAQ. If you go 30 days, uh, you know, below that, they, they can also, I guess, uh, you know, begin delisting processes. Do you um do you have a, a line of sight to new capital to keep going or where are you there? So I can't say a whole lot on this on the federal specifics at this point given the quiet period that we are in. But what I can say is that we continue to drive forward our business plan. You know we have gone through and reset the company, the strategy um, as I took over leadership back in August as interim CEO and permanent in uh, March, and we're quite excited about our prospects about the 200 kilowatt fuel cell system that we're driving manufacturing scale up. In Chicago, our three focus uh, vehicle platforms, the conventional in the US, cab over in Europe, and the rigid platform in Australia. And we're thankful to have our customers with us um, driving a trial program into co-commercialization. So we will uh, have more news on those fronts as we get back into compliance with our filings, um, heading towards that May 15th deadline. We've already submitted several of our delayed filings and there's more to come uh, in line with that with that timing. And I look, I, I look forward to speaking more about that once we're able to, as those filings come in. Well, I think, I think Parker, you know, the issue of runway is is constantly out there. It, uh, almost everybody we talk to um, has some level of, of runway, even with good partners. And, you know, I, one of the things, I guess, uh, that it, that is out there, others have done it, we're seeing it occasionally, and that is the reverse split to sort of, you know, get the number of shares to the point where, you know, you can meet the, uh, the NASDAQ uh, requirement. Is that something y'all are contemplating? Yeah. I mean, it's something that I can't really speak on specifically, but what I what I can say is you know, the company is well aware of our uh, financial position and the requirements that we have with our our uh, listing. And we continue to work with our board uh, to drive the right the right strategy forward. But again, we're, we're focused on executing our plan, executing our technology-led path forward, and we're confident in our ability to uh, deliver that. Okay. Well, you've been around enough businesses to Presumably know what it takes to get this stuff done and if it's doable at all. Now, you were not at Hyzon when it went public back in, I guess it would have been uh, July of 2020. And that was the I, first I, I just joined, actually. I joined in June of uh, 2021 and we went public in July of 2021. But I was okay, so on the you were, All right. Then yeah. then my question is even is perhaps more fair than it would have been. When you went public, uh, you know, VS back with the Conversation Plus, um, did, when you were there, so you must have supported it, but given current circumstances surrounding, you know, most of the SPAC-based companies, we've had, I know, last I looked, 11 filed this year versus, you know, more than 600 in 2021. What, would you have taken the same path to entering the North American market? So, look, I think that uh, the path the company took was one that was the right strategy at the time. And with any strategy, there's always going to be change, right? Any plan that's put on paper, whether it's company strategy, my old world of energy construction projects, uh, construction plans, you have to be, you know, secure and set and analyzing your 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 base plan and then ready to deviate. So the company has worked hard to try and execute the original plan that was put in place. We continue to, you know, uh, deviate that plan as the market changes and do our best to deliver value for the company and deliver um, the best plan to take this technology and to put it forward in in, in well-designed and well, well-built uh, trucks. So, you know, I'm, I'm I'm happy with where we're at in terms of our strategy and our plan that 
we're delivering going forward. I'm really excited about the technology progress that we've made on the 200 kilowatt and our ability to talk about that at ACT next week and and the progress on the, on the, the three core truck platforms that we're focused on and look forward to, you know, being able to talk more about that progress and that plan as we come back into five compliance and are able to, to speak more openly. Yeah, well, you've got you've got something that others don't have. And and obviously, you know, you're not the only one, um, uh, you know, the struggling in the uh, fuel cell and the hydrogen uh, space right now. And we certainly want to see you succeed, especially with, uh, I can't wait to see the 200 kilowatt uh, uh, powertrain myself. So let me ask you, you've got a uh, joint venture um, with uh, uh, Hyleon. And of course, uh, 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 Thomas Healy was going to be with us. He had to pull out at the last minute. And this was originally going to be a little bit more about this, but I, I guess um, you could tell us a little bit about what you're working on uh, with uh, Hyleon. You know, they, they haven't even shown us their first uh, Hypertruck ERX yet, and you're kind of plan number three. You're round three, unless they may have moved things around a little bit. To tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, look, we're really excited about the partnership. So it really is bringing the strengths of two companies together to a product. As I said before, Izon is fuel cell technology-led, and the 200 kilowatt fuel cell um, is the core foundation of the value proposition and the competitive moat for Izon. And Ileon is really good at electric drive and the powertrain. And of course, they've been doing to date with the CNG-led uh, uh, power power plant. Uh, but the adaptation of that with a Izon 20 kilowatt fuel cell is one that we believe together will provide a product which is a great, a great uh, truck. So we're excited to collaborate with Hyleon. Uh, Thomas and his team, we have come to know very, very well. Um, we are very excited about, you know, their approach to uh, engineering and assembling the truck with our collaboration on the fuel cell, the fuel cell software and the integration of that. And um, we're looking forward to together, you know, bringing that truck, that that first truck out um, to uh, to show the market what that combined product can be. And, and as Izon, we think it's really a great example of the value that Izon can provide. Again, leveraging our, leveraging our technology, putting that technology to work, and we're putting our own trucks together and putting those to market, which we're very confident in. And we're also, you know, open to collaborating with other leaders, you know, to put that same technology to work where there's a complementary skill set. Yeah, let, let me ask you, um, we just saw a, a merger and I think it finished up in February in the LIDAR space between Alster and, and uh, 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 not Luminar, the other one, I'm sorry. But it was a merger and it was two companies that both had you know, pretty disparate customer bases and, and that sort of thing. What kind of future do you see with Hylion, um, strictly a supplier relationship or perhaps something more? Yeah, hey, I mean, look, what we're focused on right now is putting this first truck to to together, right? And so, um, you know, as that truck comes together, we're focused on taking a product that we think on a combined basis brings a lot of strengths to a, a truck, which is going to really do really, really well. So I can't really comment on you know, the future beyond that and, and what, um, you know, where that could go. Uh, but, you know, we are quite excited about this truck and about the relative strengths that we're putting together into, into this first, uh, this first co collaboration. Well, th this is interesting because I can remember early days with Thomas right after, you know, they, they went public. He really didn't have many good things to say about hydrogen. It always, you know, he kind of took that attitude that it was down the road somewhere. And, you know, when the price of hydrogen came down, you know, maybe they'd think about it. I've watched his attitudes change over time, and I've pointed that out to him that, you know, and now he's actually got a plan for something. Do you see um, your project possibly leapfrogging something else they're doing, or do you think that it, it'll it'll just sort of take its place uh, where it's supposed to? 
Yeah, I, mean, I won't comment on highly on strategy. Um, and we have a lot of respect for Thomas and his team. It's a, a great uh, company that's that has a great approach to, you know, driving their core uh, strategy forward. Their electric drive uh, powertrain is really the reason why we got so excited about a potential, you know, Hyzon uh, fuel cell combined with um, the Hylion, you know, truck. Um, so we're excited to see um, Hylion taking the step to collaborate with us. Um, we're excited to see our aligned view on the potential for this hydrogen truck. And um, I think it just shows, you know, that the, um, the hydrogen truck uh, application certainly has a clear, you know, leading role in our view um, in the gas right. category, particularly where we're, we're taking heavy loads uh, a, a, a long, long way. Yeah. Listen, Parker, that's all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, folks, next week, Truck Tech will be live with a special one-hour episode from the uh, ACT Expo in Anaheim, uh, California. Uh, joining me live will be Eric Neandros, who's the CEO of Neandros and Associates. Um, they're the consultancy behind this uh, event that's grown exponentially, so much that it had to leave Long Beach behind and move down to, uh, to Anaheim or out to Anaheim, I guess. Um, we'll also catch up with Daniel Barrow from Reautomotive, Phil Horton from Volterra, and Ken Ramirez, Executive Vice President of Hyundai Commercial Vehicles, which, uh, by the way, is going to be playing very quickly here in the, in the hydrogen space. So thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time and uh, tune in uh, again. Thank you.